Greetings, friends. Welcome back to Runaway Eve after what was yet again another ridiculously long hiatus. Um, Tis I, Elizabeth, your hostess and producer and researcher and basically all the things, which is why there was such a long break again. Um, I'm sorry, but also I'm not sorry because this summer I've been prioritizing lots of other things, including my mental health and some of my relationships and friendships. So while I'm sad that it's been so long since I've been able to come on here and talk about things that are important to me uh, with all of you, I'm also not sorry because we should all be prioritizing ourselves, especially at a time when the world is so scary and ridiculous. So, but I am glad to be back. I am going to apologize again and just continuously for the quality of sound on my show. This is something that you all know that I have plans to work on making better, um, but that's just not feasible for me right now, especially with uh, COVID cases spiking yet again in LA County. Um, I won't. I probably won't be going to going into work anytime soon, so I'll still be pretty much right here at home. Um, it's also hot as fucking the Christian version of hell in LA right now. So if you hear like a humming, buzzing in the background, that is my air conditioner and I am not turning it off. I love all of you, but I love myself more and I'm not going to record in the blazing heat. So yeah, with that out of the way, I want to introduce this episode by introducing a concept um, that I want some of my episodes to take on. Do you all remember when a little while ago I did an episode on Josh Duggar and it was pretty much just me ranting? I mean, the argument could be made that all of my episodes are pretty much just me ranting, but I feel like the Josh Duggar one was, it was a little less research and a little more uh, my thoughts and my opinions. Um, In my mind, that, that episode felt a little more like I was like a Fox News provocateur in a way. I don't know. I felt it felt very Tommy Lerman or whatever the hell her name is. Like it felt very Tucker Carlson. Um, if those people like gave a shit about child predators, but you, you know what I mean. Like it felt very raw and very just like me screaming into the void about things that were pissing me off. I want to make that a regular feature on this on this podcast. Um, I think that would help me. Um, take some of the pressure off myself. Sometimes I want to record, but I don't because I don't have the time to put into all the research and all the planning and all the script writing. I love doing that, but that's part of the reason why I've been now on two very long hiatuses this summer. Um, I just, I haven't had the time, but I've really been wanting to do this. And so I think by having some of these less formal, more ranty um, type of episodes, I think that will give me the opportunity to to record when I don't necessarily have the time or the energy to uh, sit down at my computer. You know, it's really hard. I mean, I'm very thankful that I still have my job. Um, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to work at home and have had the opportunity to work at home this entire time. I've been able to, you know, prioritize my my physical health in that way, and I've been very thankful for that. But this summer, work has been really hard in a lot of ways I was not expecting. 
and it's been damn near impossible to get up at the end of my workday from one computer and walk into another room and sit down in front of a different computer um and I just I haven't been able to do it so I think giving myself the space to do these more informal uh, episodes will really help me sort of keep the creativity going, keep the conversation going. Um, and then when I have the time and energy to feasibly get back into producing, you know, actually researched in-depth um, episodes, I will do so. In fact, I have one in the works that should be coming hopefully next weekend. I don't know. August is going to be just as busy as May was. It's one of my best friend's birthdays. My brother is coming to visit. Um, so there's going to be family stuff. There's going to be friend stuff. And pretty much every weekend is accounted for. Um, but I do hope that, you know, by the end of the summer, I have a couple more, um, more researched, uh, in-depth episodes that should be coming. So look forward to that. And in the meantime, I am going to introduce this new I don't want to call it a segment because um, it's the whole episode, but I guess just type of episode. Um, shut up and listen. <laughs> and I know that that is, <laughs> shut up and listen is the name of um, Lily uh, in, um, oh my god, I almost said the king and I, fuck, the princess diaries. Um, Lily is the main character, Mia's best friend. She's a horrible friend, but she's fucking iconic. Um, we could talk, we could have a whole podcast not even just episode but a whole podcast on uh the princess diaries and lily and lily and mia's relationship but um all of that aside her she was a very outspoken activist and she had a like um i don't know if it was like a like a cable tv show or like a radio show in the movie i don't know but it was called shut up and listen and i like that so i'm going to adopt it and I know that there actually is a podcast called Shut Up and Listen, but um, this is not, I'm not changing my name or anything. It's just the like way to categorize these like one-off ranty episodes. And there's another backstory behind why I chose the name. So I picked the name Shut Up and Listen because when I was growing up in the church that I went to, there was a guy, he was in charge of all of the like recreation and like games so like when we would have youth group he would lead like dodgeball and like other dumb shit that I hated <laughs> but basically he had this saying where well okay so he had this saying shut up and shut up which <laughs> is horrific when you consider the fact that he was a youth leader at a church and he was just openly and blatantly telling us to shut up but anyway um his saying, his like catchphrase, shut up and shut up, was based off of, there was this guy that I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but he was a really like infamous, uh, in the area where I grew up, football coach for um, one of the colleges in like the bigger town near where I grew up. He was a football coach for that college, and his catchphrase was shut up and hit somebody. So... Um, this guy, this, this like youth activities director at the church that I went to took that and instead of saying shut up and hit somebody, which is horrific outside of the context of football, um, he would say shut up and shut up. So to counter that, this is my segment, 
shut up and listen because I don't want you just to stop talking. I want you to stop talking and I want you to listen to what I have to say. So technically the episode on Josh Duggar was the first shut up and listen episode. I'm going to go back and recategorize it, retitle it. This will be the second and this episode is going, I want to talk about what's happening in Texas with the um, fetal heartbeat abortion ban and the weird like bounty hunt that Texas is implementing um, basically for people to narc on each other um, if they hear of or see someone or know of someone um, either seeking or performing abortions. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So content warning, um, if that is not your jam, if that is something that you um, feel like you can't or shouldn't listen to and engage with, please don't. Please sit this one out. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be talking about abortion and that's pretty much the, I mean, that's the only content warning you really need. We're going to be talking about abortion and the war on women's rights, the war on um, pregnant people's right to choose, uh, all of that. So if that is hard for you, please uh, tune out now and I will see you in the next one. For the rest of you, let's get started. So if you're unfamiliar with what's happening in Texas, the most recent um, abortion ban law, um, SB8, that's what it, that's what it is, Uh, I'm reading here from an NBC News article, which I will link below, of course, as always. It says, that law, known as SB8, bans abortions in Texas as early as six weeks into pregnancy, before many women even know they are pregnant. So I'm going to pause there before I keep going on this quote and just say that most people who get pregnant don't even know they're pregnant until they miss a period. So if... If your cycle is regular, you should get your period about every 28 days, every four weeks. Um, and that's that's what's like the average. And that's if your period is regular. A lot of people, their cycle is not regular. So if you have sex and get pregnant, and contrary to alarmingly popular belief, you can get pregnant on your period. You can get pregnant at any time during your cycle. It's less likely at certain times, certainly, but you, you technically can get pregnant anytime during your cycle. So let's say you get pregnant while you're on your period. You're not going to even have a missed period for four weeks uh, at the minimum, usually. Again, some people, their cycle is different, but, but on average, you're going to four weeks, you're going to miss a period, and then you're going to be like, holy shit, I need to take a pregnancy test. And that's when you, maybe you find out you're pregnant you're already at four weeks plus, right? Some people, uh, they miss their period. They don't automatically rush out and take a test, especially if you're young, if your cycle isn't regular, it might not be as alarming. You might not automatically think, oh my God, I'm pregnant. If you think that you can't get pregnant on your period, you're not going to think you're pregnant. It's just, it's, there's a lot of factors here. There's a lot of factors here. So you might not even know you're pregnant until five, six, seven weeks. And what this law is suggesting is that by that point, you wouldn't even be able to uh, abort if you chose to. Just, just putting that out there. That, that's, that's the reality behind this. 
So the quote then continues and says, um, as early as six weeks into pregnancy before many women even know they are pregnant. But unlike every other anti-abortion law, Texas's unique ban will be enforced through private citizens' lawsuits rather than through state government. It includes first-of-its-kind language that allows anyone, even somebody outside Texas, to sue an abortion provider or anyone else who helped someone get an abortion after the six-week limit for at least $10,000 per defendant. And there's a lot to unpack here. This is draconian. This is cruel. And let's talk more about why. So if the whole, um, you know, when you find out you're pregnant based on your cycle thing uh, isn't enough to convince you that how just awful and horrendous this proposal is, um, let's talk about when a fetus's heart actually starts beating. Um, Because that's that seems to be kind of the crux of these laws it's which is strange to me because these are the same people that insist that life begins at conception which is not when they it's not even a fetus at that point so there is no heart to beat at that point so it's a very it's a very interesting argument coming from that side of this conversation but i did a little bit of research on this because um, I'm not a mom. I've never, I've, I'm not a mom. I've never had a child. I've never been pregnant at all. Um, so I wasn't sure. I, I, I truly had no idea. Um, and according to this website, which again, I will link below, um, it says, by week five, a baby's heart tube begins to beat spontaneously. So technically a fetus, it's not, it's not a baby yet, although this is like a a happy like mommy to be website. So I get I get using that language, but it's not a baby yet. It's a fetus. So the fetus has something that's called a heart tube. So it's not even a fully formed fully formed heart yet. Um, and that starts to beat. Um, it says by week five. So presumably, I guess it could happen earlier. Um, but but by week five, the fetus's heart or what will be its heart is beating. Remember what I just said about most people who get pregnant not even knowing it until at least four weeks later, usually? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. It talks about the same website um, page, talks about, you know, different milestones with the beating heart um, and kind of the development of the heart and circulatory system, which is actually really interesting. This is a very, I mean, again, it's from a very specific perspective, but this is a very cool um, article because I've never really read about things like this before. But yeah, so presumably a fetus's heart starts beating at five weeks. And truly, bands like this are nothing new. We're seeing these so-called like heartbeat bands happening in red states across the country. So this is really nothing new. The thing that's different here is the way that the law is going to be enforced. So this ABC News article continues to say, that law known as SB8 bans abortions in Texas as early as six weeks into pregnancy before many women even know they're pregnant. 
But unlike every other anti-abortion law, Texas's unique ban will be enforced through private citizens' lawsuits rather than through state government. It includes first-of-its-kind language that allows anyone, even someone outside Texas, to sue an abortion provider or anyone else who helped someone get an abortion after the six-week limit for at least $10,000 per defendant. And this is what's really scary about this. So the article continues to say, targets could include not only abortion funds and practical support organizations that provide women in need with money, transportation, lodging, recovery care, and childcare, but also doctors, nurses, domestic violence counselors, and even friends, parents, spouses, and clergy members who drive a woman to a clinic or even just provide counseling about whether to have the procedure. And this is so strange to me, I'm actually having a hard time putting my thoughts into words because this is so scary. And this is so scary for a number of reasons. I think the first thing here is the obvious, right? This is just such a massive attack on a person's right to have a simple medical procedure done. I don't care if you believe that you know, a human life starts at conception. I don't care if you believe that a human life starts at the first heartbeat. Whatever. Whatever your beliefs are, that's fine. That doesn't change the fact that, federally speaking, abortion is legal. Abortion is a simple medical procedure that is actually a much less traumatizing and much less dangerous procedure than childbirth itself. It's a pretty simple procedure especially now, especially early on in the pregnancy. And I don't want to get into a debate here on states' rights versus, you know, federal law, federal government, whatever. That's an entirely other conversation. But at the end of the day, abortion is legal federally. And that's the, the purpose of bullshit laws like this is not necessarily to make it illegal to have an abortion in the state of Texas. But it gives Texas the opportunity to say, well, no, they can still have an abortion. They just have to fit all of this criteria based on all of these laws. So it doesn't make it illegal. It just makes it a lot harder. And it makes it a lot, uh, it puts a lot of unnecessary barriers um, up in front of actually getting, getting the procedure. And that's what's really frustrating here. I think the other really glaring thing here, for me anyway, is... How are these lawsuits even going to be handled? I mean, what kind of proof are, are people are just going to... I just... How are you supposed to present a case in court that your neighbor helped his niece get an abortion? First of all, what does that even mean, helped, helped her? What is, how are we defining that? How does the law define that? Second of all, how do you prove that? <laughs> you, how do you, I, I just, this just seems like, well, frankly, because I'm suspicious of everything, especially the government, this seems like a red herring. It, it truly does. Uh, there's a lot of bullshit happening in Texas right now. <laughs> I, and I just, I could see this as just a huge false flag to keep us all distracted on something tangible. Um, but 
this just seems like something that would never actually pan out in court so therefore what's the purpose is it scare tactics is it like like i said is it a red herring i just i don't understand i'm very skeptical of this and i'm very suspicious of this as i think we all should be um I think another point that I want to bring up that I've seen come up in in several articles uh, as I've been as I've been keeping an eye on this um, as it's been unfolding is the principle behind this. So whether or not you um, believe that a person should have the right to uh, abort a pregnancy, whether or not you believe that that a person should have that right, they have that right. Okay. I am not a huge proponent of of gun rights. I, I mean, I am a lot more. My my views have changed quite a bit over the past couple of years. Um, seeing instances where I do feel people should should be armed if they want to be, um, and also, admittedly, just because I I no longer consider myself a liberal, I now identify as a leftist. So my views on gun on guns and gun right and gun rights and gun ownership have have changed quite a bit. But that being said, I still don't like the fact that I live in a country where we have such a uh, almost cultish culture around guns. I, I think it's weird. <laughs> I think it's very strange that so many people, just like everyday average Joes, like literally stockpile weapons. I think that's fucking creepy. I think it's scary. Um, but also, I understand that, that that's their right to do so. And if they are following protocol and following whatever laws they have to follow and are obtaining those weapons legally, I can't, I I can be bothered by it, but that's their right to do that. I don't like it, but that's their right. Okay. This law, this SB9, SB8, I'm sorry, this law, SB8, sets a precedent for other states to decide what if california were to put in in uh, put a law in effect that let me narc on my neighbor who you know ordered his guns from some creepy website on the dark web (laughs) that's a really that's a really dramatic example i don't know if people really do that i'm sure they do but you know what i mean like what if California enacted a law that gave me jurisdiction to sue my neighbor when I see that he has purchased a gun because I saw him unloading it from his car and I know that he abuses his wife. I don't think he should have a gun. I don't think people who have documented cases of domestic violence should be allowed to possess weapons. I think that's a huge risk and I think it's very dangerous. But as of right now, if they obtain, again, if they obtain those those weapons legally and there's nothing in the law preventing them from doing so, they have a right to do that. But what if, regardless of that right, in this state, I was allowed to call law enforcement or, you know, call a lawyer and sue them for, for, whole, for having a weapon when I don't think they should? That's what's happening in Texas if this law passes. That's what would happen. And it's just preposterous. I, I implore people on the other side to think about what would happen if, if laws like this were coming after 
the rights that that they hold dear. It's just, it, it's very scary. And all of this kind of brings me to, I wouldn't say necessarily the crux of my argument. I don't really have an argument. I am just ranting here. That's the point of this, this episode. But something that's really, really been bothering me as I've been reading all these articles and trying to learn more about this law and trying to keep up with what's happening in Texas and other, other states that are, that are pulling similar bullshit. Whenever the question of abortion rights comes up, and, and I think, don't get me wrong, I, I firmly believe that a pregnant person should and does have the right to, to handle their pregnancy as they see fit for themselves and their partner, if there is a partner involved, if they choose to involve a partner. Um, I, I believe that every person who, who gets pregnant has the right to figure it out and do what's best for them, okay? That being said, I also recognize that it's fair to have debates around something as, as serious and complicated as abortion. I, I think the debates around a topic like this are healthy, and I think that we should continue uh, questioning how we handle something like this and how we, how we protect women and, and anybody who can get pregnant, how we protect these people through the laws that we enact and uphold. I think that should be an ongoing conversation. I truly do. That being said, something that I've noticed a lot lately, just because I've been looking more closely at, at things like this, the goalposts are constantly moving. People who disagree with abortion will try to argue that you're killing a baby, right? You're murdering a baby. You're murdering an innocent life that hasn't even gotten to live yet hasn't even gotten to to be a person yet we hear we we talk about heartbeats we talk about conception we talk about personhood we talk about all of these things and the and it always comes back down to you are killing a baby you are killing an innocent baby and that's why we have a problem with it and the pictures that you'll see in propaganda and the the talking points that you'll hear are all kind of centered on the idea of the elusive late-term abortion. Oh my god, when I was in high school, there was a math teacher who, side note, attended the church that I attended, and he was very nice. He was this older white man. He had pictures in the back of his classroom of literal aborted fetuses, and articles taken from the newspaper. I don't even, I was so disturbed by it. Even, even when I was fully indoctrinated in that culture, I was so disturbed by it that I never paid too close attention to it. So I'm not really sure like if there was anything special about these articles. I don't know if he wrote them. I don't know, but there were like newspaper articles uh, about abortion and how dangerous it is and how it hurts women and how we should all be pro-life and the pictures, I just remember the pictures. They were, they were basically babies. It was so, it was so strange um, to see, like, pictures of literal aborted fetuses next to, like, pictures of, like, newborns that I'm pretty sure he was trying to pass off as, like, aborted 
babies. I don't know. It was so weird. But whenever I think of abortion, I cannot help but think of that person. Um, and I can't help but think about those pictures when I think about like all the pr propaganda surrounding late-term abortions. When you think of, oh, you're killing a baby, it's really hard to make that statement and show a picture of an embryo. Uh, it's really hard to make, make a statement like you are murdering a child when you have a, f a full understanding of what fetal development looks like. Most abortions don't take place beyond the first trimester, sometimes into the second trimester. Um, this idea of the late-term abortion is the reason why people who are so adamantly against abortion argue that way because that's what they have in their head willingly i think it's a i think it's a perfect example of willful ignorance so i did a little research i wanted to know just how often abortions take place beyond the first trimester so i discovered this website or i should say this page on the cdc website called abortion surveillance, which surveillance is a really strange word choice here, considering everything else we've been talking about. But the, but the website itself is very interesting and very, there's a lot of facts here. So this is information from 2018, which is the most recent up on this website. And I'm just going to read. Similar to previous years, in 2018, the majority of abortions took place early in gestation. 92.2% of abortions were performed at 13 weeks or sooner. So, so, <laughs> so the first trimester is from week one of a pregnancy to the end of week 12 of a pregnancy. So 92% of abortions in 2018 that the CDC accounted for took place um, bef bef by, by the 13th week. So by the 13th week, the abortion had taken place. So most most uh, most abortions i don't want to say all the full 92 percent that they're listing here because they are saying up until the 13th week most abortions take place in the first trimester the website continues a smaller number of, abor of abortions 6.9 percent were performed at 14 to 20 weeks gestation and even fewer one percent were performed at 21 weeks or after they also say here that in 2018, 38.6% of all abortions were early medical abortions, which they define as a non-surgical abortion at nine weeks or less gestation. And if you're wondering what a non-surgical abortion is, um, it's basically uh, there is a way to perform an abortion where you prescribe medication to induce pregnancy. And it's, it takes place, it's a procedure, you get the medication and you take it, um, usually at home in a comfortable area, and uh, just kind of happens on its own. So most abortions take place within the first trimester, and then nearly 39% of all abortions that are accounted for by the CDC uh, take place within the first nine weeks. And in case you're wondering, a fetus is viable, generally speaking, uh, after 24 weeks. So if we're going based off of this CDC information from 2018, in that year, 
99.1 plus percent of abortions took place before the fetus was even would have even been viable. So why am I sharing all of this statistical information uh, with all of you today? I think I think it just it's important to me to talk about the facts here. Um, because I think facts are what is so sorely lacking in a conversation about such an emotionally driven topic. Um, abortions don't kill babies. Abortions stop pregnancies. I'm not sure why that's such a difficult concept to understand. Just like I'm not sure why states like Texas uh, automatically go to making it ridiculously difficult to have an abortion when if the focus was just simply on preventing unwanted pregnancies from the start wouldn't matter as much. I I don't want to take this episode in the direction of me listing all the things Texas is doing wrong, but imagine helping people prevent unwanted pregnancies while also supporting people who do want to have babies, who do want to be pregnant, who do want to have families. Like, I just, I don't understand this idea of if you have, if you consider this a problem, sticking a band-aid on it rather than addressing the problem itself. I, I just, I will never understand that. But here's the thing, and this is something that I was thinking about yesterday while I was on a hike and listening to a different podcast. Um, I can talk about the facts and the statistics. I can explain how an abortion is a simple medical procedure. We can discuss fetal development. We can talk about it from a more emotional perspective. We can talk about all of the, quote, valid reasons why someone might have an abortion. We can talk about uh, mother's life versus fetus's life. We We can have all of those debates. It's not going to matter because I'm on the other side. My voice is not going to change minds that don't want to be changed, that are hell-bent and set in stone that I am wrong. I was listening to this podcast and I wrote a note in my phone. I wrote, I can't preach at you about something I believe in and you don't. And that's that really stuck with me because that's that's kind of... That's the main issue here. That's the main issue in any debate about any contentious topic. It doesn't matter how logically I come at you. It doesn't matter how emotionally I come at you. If you think you're right and I'm wrong, I'm not going to be able to change your mind with something like this. And I think it's really important for people that are kind of in the middle to start standing up and speaking out. I think, I know that there are people out there on the right. I know that there are people who are more conservative who kind of take that position of, I don't like that this is a thing that happens, but I understand that that this is a right that people have to, to do this, to make this decision on their own. You are the ones that need to speak up. Because if you don't, laws like this, like SB8, are going to continue to be enacted. 
and are going to continue to shove people who need abortions back into the shadows because there is no such thing as no abortion, but there is absolutely 100% such thing as no safe abortions. And that's where I'm going to end it today. Thank you, and I will see you all in the next one.